and, you know, and it's a place for all birds to come, to feel safe, to feel like they can come and be fed. Yeah, I mean, you, you see people dipping their hair. I grow my hair out, and here's one thing. I don't like combing my hair. I took this photo, and it came out so good. Which is a good fact, that's why I brought it up, guys. Which is a good fact, that's why I brought it up, guys. Because it's important to know the context of my childhood. 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 Alright. I think we're live. Welcome to the Cosmic Mind Podcast. This is Forrest speaking in studio alone today. Chris is not going to be with us. Uh, he had an unfortunate shark accident in Bermuda. But uh, he'll be okay. But send your prayers, send your um, condolences, gifts. will include, I will include a P.O. box um, in the bio. Or maybe I'll just shout it out. Um, where you can send gifts like lemonade packets, uh, rocks that you find on the beach or in your garage, garage doors if you want. I don't know if it'll fit, uh, but whatever you want. We're sending condolences to Chris on this dark day. Um, his arms broke. He doesn't have an arm anymore. So we'll fix that though because we're in 2019. And uh, you know what 2019 is... Uh, it's the year for prosthetics. Yeah, it's the year that prosthetics are going to blow up. You know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been dealing with um, bad prosthetics for most of human history. But listen, guys, we're in 2019. We have computers that can tell us where to drive, how to drive. They do it for us, you know. Um, so we should be able to have computers that are our arms. And our arms should be able to do whatever they, uh, you know, want, want to do, I guess. Because um, we'll still have control of all the other stuff. Anyways, Chris is going to get a bionic arm, so we're going to set up a GoFundMe for him. Yeah. I was thinking, what am I going to talk about? What, how am I going to take this time to entertain you? Because I'm not a very entertaining kind of guy. Uh, but I thought, what better way than to use this time, you, me, you, and me, um, to, you know... Get to know one one another, each other, one each other. We're going to share all of our deepest secrets. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to pretend that you told me something, um, and then we'll go back and forth a few times. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors. Um, this particular sponsor hasn't been with us a long time. Um, but we love them very much. We've been using them for a long time. So when they decided to uh, use our podcast uh, and sponsor us, we were thrilled. Um, so here it is. Oh, no, that is from inegg.com. That's has got all your egg needs. I order that egg even though I don't eat. Get that egg and I put it in a pan and I fry it up and then I feed it to the family that I don't have. But if I had a family, I'd buy an egg.com for every family. Box egg box for every family. Egg box egg. 
some secrets i'm gonna give you guys a little intel a little bit of information on me um yeah we'll get into it um i'm forest i'm a redhead so let's get that out of the way right now because this is an audio podcast you can't see me but let's just clear the air i got orange hair that's one thing that's real weird i think about this a lot because i got red hair you probably don't because you don't oh my god i just said i had red hair which leads me to my point um, why do we call it a redhead? It's orange. It's clearly orange. It's it's literally orange. What's up, redhead? Yo, I got a redhead. No, it's orange. It's an orange. It's I want to be an orange head. I'd like to be an orange head, but it's whatever. That's one thing. Um, so I'm glad we cleared the air on that. I got red hair. Another thing about me, surprising fact, is um. I've never been to Niagara Falls before. Uh, you know, you know, some of you are thinking, yeah, uh, you know, who hasn't been to Niagara Falls? You know, uh, Niagara Falls, everybody goes there when they're six or seven and experience the mist. You know, listen, guys, I haven't been there. Um, I heard it iced over before um i don't know man i'd like to go when it's iced over because i don't know it'd be cool you know ice skate up to the edge of the the waterfall and be like look down whoa wouldn't like to fall (laughs) but if you're good at ice skating you're good at ice skates um that's not an issue that won't be an issue for you and uh it doesn't matter if it's slippery because you're on ice skates um, if you decide to venture out there on shoe with shoes or on shoes, I guess you're really on shoes when you're with them. Yeah, that's weird. That's another thing. What? Come on, English language. We're on shoes. We're not with them. I guess both, but we're more on them than with them. Anyways, if you bring shoes to Niagara Falls around December, no, no, no. When's the coldest? Like January? If you bring shoes to Niagara Falls in January, you should also be bringing ice skates just in the, in the by the chance, you know, um, or you could just not venture out onto the water at all. That's probably the safer thing to do. Um, thinking about the waterfalls over in Niagara, um, you guys hear before that people have actually went over the side of that stuff over that shit in a barrel. Yeah, some dude decided to go in a barrel Go over the edge. Um, listen, I don't know the details, guys. I'm not going to go into Niagara history. But I know there's been a few. And I know some have died. But I believe there's been survivors. Now, I don't know how tall the Niagara Falls are. But if it's one of the wonders of the world, uh, it's got to be pretty tall. Or it's got to be uh, large or rocky or something. Why is it so important? You know? See, I haven't been there. I wouldn't know. No, you know, 
which is a good factoid. That's why I brought it up, guys, because it's important to know the context of my childhood. I've never been to Niagara Falls. You're going to need to know that. Um, one place I have been, though, um, is Georgia, the state. So if anybody uh, is listening from Georgia, holla. Holla back at me. Uh, I went there because my grandparents lived there for a period of time. I don't really remember the trip much, but a potent memory of the trip I have is that trip was the first memory I have of a cell phone. Now, for all of you people who were born maybe before 90, I guess we'll use 98 when I was born. I'm 20 years old. Um, you probably remember early cell phones. Now, if you're later than 98, maybe you remember early iPhones or I don't know. But I remember Razor cell phones. These were thin, crisp, um, fancy flip devices. Um, these were sly uh, keypads. You were a spy if you had it. Uh, if you had the black one, you were even more spy. Um, if you had the pink one, that's cool too. Uh, the pink one's from the memory. That's why I say the pink one. Because um, I remember that in memory. So a kid had it in their lap, actually, in Georgia. I was like, why do these fucking kids have razors, cell phones? I don't even know what that is. That's crazy, you know? But uh, that's my first memory of a cell phone was that. Razor cell phone from Georgia. I saw it. That's all. That's it. I saw it. Um, cell phones, though. Let's go into a little history of cell phones, you know? Uh, I got my first cell phone in fifth grade. Now, I remember this just because it's, I remember it, you know, just like I know I like bananas. Okay, don't try to, you know, how do you remember his fifth grade? Listen, I just know. Um, so it's fifth grade. I got this blue phone. Um, it was a, uh, I don't even know. I think it was an LG. Who knows? Um, but it was one of those ones that slide upwards. So there was this craze in like, I don't know what it was, maybe 2000, 2007, 2008, through like 2013, 14. Listen, there was like a five-year period where slides with cell phones were a real cool thing, you know? Instead of flipping or just like that slate tablet, you had that slide. Some of them, you had that side slide, so you get that full keyboard action. Some of them. You just had that front slide, you know, slides up. You can go back and forth, make a snappy snap sound. That was really cool. Mine was one that slided up and down. It was pretty slim, but it was cool. Um, it was cool. Fifth grade. Uh, I don't know if I was texting anybody or call, calling anybody, but it was cool to have a cell phone. I remember I took a lot of selfies on that thing. That's another thing. Um, selfies. Really important, right? I mean... That culture just blew up. The word selfie, it blew up. Everybody taking pictures of themselves, it blew up. But I'm in a special spot. You know, I was born in the generation before the selfie. A little bit before it. And, you know, there was uh, individual cases of selfie beforehand. But it, it wasn't concrete. You know, the word wasn't there. Selfie. Now, my first selfie that I can remember potently um, comes before the concreted selfie term. And it was on that blue uh, flip-up phone. Uh, I remember I took a photo of myself. Now, this was when there was no front camera. It was a back camera, so you just had to wing it. Uh, but this was first try. I was on the bus, backseat, and I had this hat that I wore a lot. 
I loved this hat. It was a flat hat. It was like a fox hat. Not like a fox like the animal, but if you know the brand, uh, it's just, a, it's fox. It's called fox. Yeah. It's like they make hats and shit. Uh, anyway, so I had this flat hat and I was wearing it and I had a brown shirt. And I remember I took this photo and it came out so good. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but looking back, dude, I know it was good. I remember it potently. I remember this image. It was so symmetrical. That's what I liked about it. It was symmetrical. The hat was Gucci Minucci. You know what? Oh, God, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. I put that photo as my background on that phone. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. I put a photo of myself as the background on my phone. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit cocky, not cocky, I just think I look good, it doesn't really matter, um, that was my first cell phone, and then I got that side slide, you know, and then I upgraded to that side slide, what I did was, I had another blue one, this one was cool because it, it slided sideways, so you got that full keyboard action, but on the front, full display, touch screen. And then if I could echo that out, touchscreen, that word, I would do that because it's very, you know, I can do that and I'm going to do that because it's important. Um, that was a big thing. I remember when touchscreen was not nutch screen. It was none screen. You know what it was? It was, um, you ever go to the gas, gas station, you pump in gas and they got those buttons where it's not a physical button, but there's something underneath reading what's going on. Touchscreens back then were like, those you know it's like do you want a receipt yes or no you click the no but it's like you can feel kind of like a button underneath there's a lot of res like resistance there's or a give rather there's it's weird you know touch screens were not screens and i don't like it we've upgraded we got that glass now it didn't even feel like glass before you know what it felt like it felt like a plexi some kind of uh super clear hard plexi but i didn't like it i didn't like it uh, but nowadays i mean we got that freaking gorilla glass pyrex supersonic hybrid you know i mean you could put this on a window of a car and it'd probably freaking it'd be fine you know, you know what i'm saying um i only say that because oh another another segue here i drive a car uh and i cracked my windshield pretty recently haven't got it fixed yet i gotta do that soon um, but yeah, the glass on my windshield, dude, I don't, dude, that should be better. That's important phone. There's no one behind a phone screen. There's no one, uh, that's going to get hit. You know what I'm saying? You drop your phone. There isn't any little like people running the phone underneath the glass that you drop it. And they're like, ow, you know, went through the screen, hit me in the forehead. No, but, um. In a car, that glass, I mean, that shit should be, that should be two inches thick, you know? That's dangerous. Car, rocks flying at you, debris from tornadoes if you live in Oklahoma. Uh, if you live in Maine, squirrels, rock, more rocks, construction rocks. Man, we need like Pyrex. We need one layer Pyrex, one layer glass. And then for good measure, we'll have one layer of like 
transparent goop. And the goop's going to be some something scientifically made, like a resin um, that we could paint on the top of it, you know? Oh, oh, we could uh, water resistant. You know, why aren't we putting that on our windshields? You know, people are putting it on their shoes, clothes, fingernails, hair. Yeah, I mean, you see people dipping their hair in that uh, water resistant stuff. And you dip it and then they dip it in a pool afterwards. Take take their head out, boom, dry as a bean. Oh, dry bean. Um, yeah, but it's not you know people don't do that with their windshield. But you'd think that people would be a little bit more, I don't know, proactive of the things that could happen. Water, rocks, anything could happen to a windshield. I'm a little butthurt about it. I'd like to get a new one. I guess I don't even need one, right? Would that be a waste? I feel like that glass. Like it was a long journey to be made into a windshield glass. That's a process, right? You take sand, um, you heat it up and you mold it or you stretch it. Listen, I don't know the process of making windshields, but I don't want to waste it because I know those raw materials came from places and those places are on the, my place earth. You know what I'm saying? So listen, if I can reuse, recycle windshields, I'll do it. You know, so we either need to uh, get better windshields, maybe something with a resin, um, a supersonic resin, or we need to thicken up. We need to, oh, um, or better than thicken up, we could just, uh, we could just not drive anymore. Yeah, we could bike, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole weird, I don't know. We're going electric, you know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Riding bikes and, and bikes are nice, but a bike's not gonna get you to Boston, you know. If you're in Maine, you know you got a four-hour drive, um, and you got an airplane to catch. You know you got to get to the airplane by eight thirty. You want to be there at seven thirty because air airports, you know. So if you got a bike and you have to bike there, then yeah, I don't know if you're gonna make it on time. You know, you have to leave really wicked early. Wicked early. Oh, what was I talking about, man? Cars, electric cars, bikes. Man, I don't know, but I'm just, I've never been in a taxi before. I'm a little nervous. I don't think it'll be a big deal, but, you know, I don't know. I haven't even been in an Uber, you know? I've just been driving. I turned, uh, turned 16 i got my license right away i mean i had my license even before i could have my license i went i had a job um since i could legally have a job started working making that money and making that cash you know so you can buy treats food and stuff like that um so i got what's called a work school license so this is something that some states offer but maine offers it so if you got a job you know and you go to school and you're under 16 and over, you got to be 15. I imagine they ain't going to give it to a 14-year-old. But I was 15 and you apply for this. And essentially, um, if you got a job and work and you apply for it, they give you the fucking license. You got to take the test and stuff. but um, And then you get it and you're only supposed to drive to work and to school alone. Because I had had my permit at the time. You can get your permit when you're... 
Yeah, that's 15 too. So I got my permit. And as soon as I got my permit, I think I had to have it for, have it for three months before I could apply for my uh, work school license. But I did that. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, took my license test, work license test. Uh, got it. So I was only supposed to drive to work and school. But, you know, I just used that shit. You know, if a cop's going to pull me over, hey, I'm going to work. You know, I'm on my way to, I'm on my way to Hanford. You know, I'm on my way to Portugal, Redemption Center. You know, I've had a bunch of jobs. You know, I'm on the way to the Marriott, you know, but whatever. It doesn't really matter very much. I've been driving for a while. So then I got my draw, my license as soon as I turned 16. Um, I already took the test when I was 15. So all I had to do was go, go to the DMV and say, hey, listen, I already got my license. I just got to get it renewed because uh, I need a real one now. Because before they give you a paper one that said work, school license. So, it was, you know, it was tricky. I couldn't get away with too much, but I took advantage of it. Never got in trouble. Um, so I turned 16, go to the DMV. <clears throat> hey, I need my I need my license, my real license. They give it to me, bada bang, bada boom. So I'm driving when I'm 16, which brings me back to, um, I've always been driving. You know, I haven't had to go in a taxi. I um, never really experienced city life very much. I grew up near the woods, you know, like a lot of people in Maine, you know. But I was pretty far away from even the busier spots in Maine. Portland, I never really... I don't know. My family kept me relatively close to my hometown and surrounding places. You know, it's not like I lived under a rock. I just didn't go to places with taxis. Simple as that. Haven't been to New York. You know, I haven't been to any of these places where taxis are relevant. And uh, Uber, psh, why do I need an Uber? Uber, scooper, mover. You know, I ain't paying for you. Bad boy. Um, so I'm going to Cuba, guys. That's why I'm bringing that up. And we're going to have to be taking some taxis. I'm going with my buddy Lucas. Um, he's taking taxis. So I'll just let him take care of it. But it should be good. Uh, I don't know Spanish very well. So, um, you know, let's let's test myself right now. All right. I'm going to ask for a taxi. So um, taxi, you know, driving by. Hey! Oh, fuck. I already fucked up. Hola! All right. So he comes. He stops. And, um, you know. He opens the door. Or I open. Oh. See, I don't know how taxis work. I open the door. Or he unrolls the window. Something, some kind of interaction happens where we're, good, we're, we're talking to each other. Uh, hola. Yo. Necesito. Um, go. Vivo. Um, Havana. Uh, en el carro. Um, two, which means you. Um, so that's what I got, bare bones, you know. So I think I said something along the lines of, uh, uh, "I need go um, car Havana." You, I need go car Havana. You. So listen, that might that might just get me to where I gotta go. Listen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, whew, I'm gonna download some uh, language apps. Um, I'll start brushing up on my port, my Spanish. It'll be all right, guys. Uh, I'm going to brush up. I'm going to learn some generic phrases and I'm going to have a great time. Let's talk about Cuba for a second. Um, 2015 is when Obama, shout out Obama, uh, lifted the travel ban or travel embargo, whatever you want to call that uh, on Cuba. 
Now, there's still restrictions in place where you can't bring your debit cards and use those. And there's certain things you just can't do. You got to go to a different country before you enter. You can't go directly. But there's some weird restrictions. But Obama made it easier for us to go. And then Trump made it a little bit harder. But we're making it happen. Um, Today, I'm not going to tell you the date. um, But I booked flights today. And we booked some Airbnbs today. So it's official. We're making it happen. Uh, hola, uh, Miyamo Forest. Um, yo soy una um, muy um, um, relaxed um, amigo. I'm a very relaxed friend. You know, hopefully, I find some great Cuban people uh, who show me around. Um, I'll give them as much culture of mine as they want, and um, I'll try to soak in as much culture from there uh, as I can when I'm there. should be great. Uh, From what I've heard, they're very friendly there. Uh, It's got somewhat of a bad rep because of the geopolitics, but who cares? You know, people are people. Humans are humans. So I got a general uh, belief that most people, the general public, are good people, you know? I mean, unless you go to Croatia. <laughs> that was a joke. I don't know anything about Croatia, actually. That was so mean. Um, wow. That was so mean. But I think the general public, most people are nice. You know, the people who are at the top, who are doing their geopolitical jizz jazz, maybe not so much. But maybe even them. You know, you probably get them in a room with some tea and crumpets if you're in London. Um, and they're probably great, you know, they probably view it as just them doing their job, which I think most people do, you know, most people think they're doing the right thing, uh, which makes it harder to hate people. And I think that's beneficial because we shouldn't hate people. We should try to empathize with people, see it from their perspective. So I'm going to go to Cuba. Uh, hopefully it's going to be awesome. If it's not awesome, it's going to teach me something. If it doesn't teach me something, then I'll probably be dead. Because you always learn. Always. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break um, to go eat a tr- some tree bark. There's I had a smoothie made by someone that I know. Um, I'll be right back. All right. Listen, listen, unless you don't want to, that's fine too, because I'm really just talking to myself because I'm here alone in a box. I'm not really in a box. Some people are though, and that is, that sucks, you know, everybody should have a place to stay. And um, you know what though? Some people are happy with their box. It's a crazy life you live in. It really is. Um... Houses, though. Houses are the ultimate box. Right? Okay? Animals. And what other animal is born inside of boxes? You know? I mean, maybe if there was a mammal that had a flap, um, and they were born into the flap, then they are technically born in shelter. Kangaroos might be that way. Or you know what? I remember faintly a little... I think it was kangaroo. Yeah, it's definitely kangaroo. When kangaroos are born, um, 
the little baby kangaroos are wicked small. And once they come out of the mother, then they have to crawl their way and find their way into the sack or the, the pouch, which has the nipples in it. And they got to suck the nipples to get the milk because that's how mammals rack. We all did it. Um, and if they don't find their way into the sack, then they die, which is sad. Anyways, all the other animals are born outside of houses, um, which is weird, you know. The moment they're born and conceived, they're boundless. No no boundaries. But if a baby's born inside their conception, as soon as they come out, they're already bound. Their energy is bound in a sort of abstract way. Um, I'm not bringing much science into this, guys. This is just thoughts. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thought, though, man. Jesus was born in a pasture, though. But then again, pastures, those are, those are boxes. But if I know pastures from all the pastures that I've seen, there's a wall missing. So that's... That gives you a little bit of, that gives you a whole wall. It gives you a whole plane of, of freedom. And if you got a plane, if you got a plane, you got a lane. You can go. So, I don't know. Maybe we should all be born in pastures. I've seen some interesting things online um, where women will have like home births, which is still in a house. Um, a little bit more comfortable of a house. Maybe you can open the window. Um, some women decide to give birth in water. So whether it be like a pond, a river, a spring, uh, a pool. I've seen videos of women giving birth uh, in water in a little kiddie pool in their house. Which is wicked awesome. Um, and then just yesterday, um, I was talking to one of my girlfriend's friends who had given birth and she did it inside at her house standing up she was like yeah no big deal uh, i was cooking my dinner my, i was cooking my <laughs> i was cooking my dinner sister i was cooking my sister dinner while i was in labor and i was like whoa it's crazy that is crazy women are crazy in a good way women are amazing you can have a human in your body? God, that, yeah, I was thinking about that last night after that. The fact that women have a portal, right? Because, I mean, listen, we all agree. Well, we don't all agree. But most people agree that we got consciousness. We don't know what it is. Science doesn't know what it is. But we all got it. Now, if we know we all got it, and we know when a woman and a man have sex create a baby there's a there's a baby being born so at some point consciousness comes from somewhere else whether it's created or coming from somewhere else i ain't going into the science all right i'm going into the principles now what we can conclude conclude from that is women are a portal because a baby at some point, 
comes. So that consciousness, at some point, comes. Now, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how it's created. But either way, it's in the woman. And that's magic. And that's a portal. That is a real portal. A real magic life portal in real life. And if that's not amazing, I don't know what it is. Shout out women. That's great. And you guys have got a million different potential portals. I guess every egg could be a portal. All right? I'm not trying to be disrespectful right now. I think I think it's amazing that you guys can give life. My mother gave life to me. And your mother gave life to you. Your mother is a woman. Or maybe she's not. But either way... Birth is beautiful, and whoever you come from, props. All right, let's speak a little, a little bit about um, um, Georgia, okay? My grandparents. Um, I went to Georgia to visit my grandparents. Um, now, if you know how lineage works, grandparents are the parents of your parents, sort of. You got a few. You got one on your dad's side, one on your mom's side, maybe a few... If people were separated, whatever, you know. Anyways, I went and visited my mother's dad. This is a special man because I called him Papa. And if you know Papa, you know it's fun to say. It's almost like potato or like pancake. Papa probably came first. I probably said Papa before those words. So I guess Papa's the father of those other words. Which would make sense because he's my grandfather and we're talking about lineage. Right? Alright, so another important fact. When he was a youngin, he had orange hair. You notice how I didn't say red this time. I'm starting a movement. Orange hair. Orange head. I don't have red hair. It's orange. If you're colorblind, that's fine. I understand. I, I fully, you know. But like culturally, let's not ignore the fact. Um, so he had red he had orange hair and that's beautiful oh god bring it oh this is sad guys this is bringing me to the fact listen I was talking to my mom and I was like hey you know papa he had red hair but I don't remember him having red hair so it switched and it was kind of like a, a brown you know when I knew him which is fine he looked good. He was cool. He was my grandfather. It didn't turn white, but it turned brown. It looked good on him. Now, listen, I'm all for for self-confidence. You know, I'd say I have a lot, but I'd say a lot of it comes from having orange hair. I'd say it's one of my more redeeming qualities. Um, wink, wink. But I was talking to my mother and she said, yeah. He lost his orange hair in his mid-twenties. I almost cried. Like, a tear almost rolled down my eye. If I, guys, if I lose this orange hair, orange head of hair in my mid-twenties, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, 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 listen, I don't, I don't know what, I might just not have hair then. I might just quit quit the hair thing altogether. Now, I don't know if, you know, I didn't go into detail with my mom. I didn't say, hey, listen, what about his eyebrows? I didn't say facial hair. What about the mustache? 
And I didn't even want to go in down there. I didn't even want to know. She probably didn't even know. That's a mystery. I don't even know what's going to happen. I'll figure it out. i make it. But he lost his orange hair in the mid, mid-20s. mid And it turned brown. Oh, that's another thing. It's not just the mid, mid-20s. mid I mean, whatever. I'll quit. But what really makes me want to quit is it turned brown. Now, I, I was kind of lo- like my whole life before this conversation with my mom. You know, I knew everybody's hair eventually, you know, turned whitish or gray, you know, and I'd seen some white hairs popping up in my body, you know, what, you know, it's fine, it's okay, it happens, you know, I know people with patches of white hair, and you know, you see them around, it's cool, I'm fine with it, but on average, old, when you get older, you get whiter, and you get grayer in the hair regions, or you lose it, now, luckily, my papa had a nice head of hair, um, He's passed away now, rest in peace. But until the day he died, he had some decent coverage. Um, so I'm I'm hoping I get that. Um, I don't know if you get that from your mother or your father's side. I'm hoping I got my hair jeans from my dad or from my mother's side because he was red, I'm red. So I'm hoping it came from there because my father, he he's he's losing his hair a bit. You know, granted, he's older. He had me a little bit later in life. He had me when he was 38. Hey, guys, real quick, I want to um, fix something. In one of the earlier podcasts, uh, I said that he was born in 69. Uh, that was an error. He was born in 60. So he's older. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry, Dad. I knew that. Come on. I was high. I love you, Dad. Um, so he's losing his hair. I don't know when he started to lose it. I mean, I remember him with some nice hair as a kid. But anyways, I don't think I'm getting those jeans from him. I love him. Um, anyways, I always kind of had the expectation that I would eventually get older and it would turn white. And I was kind of looking forward to that. I was like, hmm, I, I could, you know, some nice white hair. I'd probably grow it out long, too. I'd probably have, like, a nice long white pony. But the thought of, like, a long brown pony when I'm uh, old, that kind of just seems dirty to me. Like, you know, I earned it. I earned it. My papa rocked it. I don't want to disrespect him because, I don't know, he has different hair type than me, too. I mean, we're talking color. I got it from him. We're talking texture. I don't know who I got that from. I didn't get it from my father. He's got curly hair. Well, or, I meant um, soft. It's soft. It's kind of straight-ish. It gets a little bit curly when he grows up, but he doesn't really grow it out. And he doesn't really have much. Um, my papa though, you know, I actually don't know about his texture. I don't remember his texture. I might get it all from him. This might, listen, I'm getting depressed even talking about this. I don't know how it's going to go down, but I'm praying for white, but I'm fine with brown. I'll make it work. It just seems like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Because it'll probably be a mixture. It'll probably be like some white. I'll probably get some, but it'll be a tease. I'll probably be like some white and then brown. It'll just seem dirty. I'll probably even need glasses. I'll just look weird. I'll have to be bald. That'll be the best. I don't know what's going to happen to my eyebrows. I mean, if they turn, then they turn. I think that's fine. Stash, I can always... Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it'll stay at least uh, brownie orange. I'm not sure, though.
my texture though of my hair is wicked thick. It's like uh, there's probably like one million hair fall holocules per square inch of my head from my whole head. Now, granted, it doesn't go too far. Like it's not go like it goes down my whole neck, the square inches. Or down the front of my forehead or the sides. It's got a good layout or a good perimeter. But there's a lot in the perimeter. A lot squished into one. It's like the New York City of hair follicles. A lot of them. I could probably lose half my hair and look normal. Be interesting. I mean, I remember swimming in a swimming pool. Going underwater. Coming back up and my mother saying, hey, is your hair wet? I mean, shit. You would have thought I had water resistant... Uh, Water-resistant freaking, uh, what's that called? Window. <laughs> Window stuff. I'm just kidding. You don't use it on windows. We should, but we don't. Um, you know, or you would have thought I went to shower, but, I mean, it was just so thick. What it was is the outer shell of the hair. I got long hair, too. That's, that's what it was. So the outer shell would get wet, but it wouldn't let any water through that perimeter. You know what I'm saying? So I come out of the water, do a little shake. And then, you know, 96%, whatever was in that perimeter, I imagine it's a very small membrane, too, that perimeter. Because we got thick square square inch. Remember that. So that membrane's thin. So all that shit, 95% of it doesn't get wet. So my mother says, hey, did you even go underwater? So I don't know. I don't know if that's a talent or what. I think it's a little different now because I grow my hair out. And here's one thing. I don't like combing my hair. Ouch. You know, my hair gets naughty. I got curly, long, orange hair. So I just, you know, here's the routine, guys. I'll wash it. I love washing my hair. I'll shower. I, I'm hygienic, guys. But listen, combing? Listen, I'll let that shit get tangled for about a week, a week and a half. You know, I might get a little mini dread gum. You know, look like awesome. Look real cool. People start calling me friggin' hippie. They call me that anyways, but I mean, I don't know, man. I can't help it. I got. I don't like to comb my hair. It's whatever. Anyways, oh, so yeah. So what I do is I'll, you know, I'll detangle it in the shower about once a week, and I'll lose some hair. Some hair will come out. So I probably got a little less hair per square inches. But here's the thing. You know, I think it's, it's not growing longer. It's kind of stopped that, but, uh, it's growing faster than it can be sort of pulled out by the detangling process. I mean, it's really like two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back, which is good if you want hair, you know, and I got a lot of hair. So that's why I'm not worried about it. You know, let it get a little tangled. Let a little naughty knot get in there, you know? I like to live life free a bit. You know, I'll shake it up a bit. I use I use hair ties a bunch. I wear my hair up in a bun. Ponytail sometimes. Bun's easier. You know, I like to go for that convenience. You'd say, oh, a pony's easier. More convenient. No, a bun is. You know why? Because it's like one less little finger movement in the whole process of getting the hair tie up in your hair. You know what I mean? It's like a whole convenience uh, inception bubble. You know, the reason why you grow your hair out, because you're too lazy to cut it, so you grow it out. But then it gets, you know, in your face, and you're like, eh, I don't like that, so I got to put it up. Now, that's a little bit of effort, you know? So you got to do a little bit of effort, a lot, 
Now, I don't know if that's better than the effort it takes to go to the barber. But also, you know, you get to try long hair, see how you look. You know, I think I look better with long hair. And since I was a kid, I always want to try long hair, you know. So, convenience, I'm not going to cut it. You know, let's let it grow up. To my surprise, curly. I'd never seen it that way before, which is fine. Curly's cool, right? Curly orange hair, whatever. I'm not going to cut it, though, you know, because I got a good process. It's a self-sustaining process. If you think about it, it's kind of like sustainable energy. You know what I mean? I If we could figure out a way to harvest hair, <coughs> excuse me, convert that to energy, we might just figure this thing out, you know? If everybody's powering their own stuff, <coughs> excuse me, you know, if we get off grid and we can sort of hook our, you know, get a, a generator that hooks up to our houses running on sort of hair and have a sort of self-contained system. So hair to energy, energy to powering stuff. That in turn, maybe grow some stuff, you know what I'm saying? With that power, with that energy, get a little water, rainwater in there, maybe back water, black water, dark water, dark matter. Get that going, circulate that up, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, so hair to energy, energy to growth and food, food to happy. Happy and food equals hair. And then hair goes back to energy and then it's a full circle. So it could be a self-sustaining system. Think about it. If everybody had one in their house, um, we could make it work. But then again, hair is pretty gross, and we could probably do the same thing with pee. Maybe we could. Well, you know, think about it. Pee. Is there a better way that we could uh, use pee and poo? United States. I don't want to get gross, but let's talk about it. I got a drink here. Everybody drinks, and and that means everybody pees. And listen, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna eat something after this. I'll eat some food. I'll throw something in the gullet, chew it up, swallow, bang bang, skeet down, go. Um, and that means I'm gonna poop. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. Um, so there's probably a better, you know, what what are we doing now? Uh, septic tanks for a lot, uh, which is essentially like a thing underground, a holder um, that your house pumps its poo-poo and pee into, into the septic, and then it stays there until someone comes and sucks it out. After that, I don't know what they do with it. Pure speculation. I'm just trying to lay out the process for you guys. Um, and if, if you live in a city... It may be a little bit different, you know, maybe all that shit's hooked up to the septic system uh, underground, you know, subways, you know, underground stuff in the city. Um, and then maybe it goes in the ocean, you know, or maybe they process the pee and maybe they, maybe they do turn it into drinking water. Or are they water crops? Maybe they do take the poo and break it down to its natural elements and use it for various things. I don't know. Maybe they could compost it. I don't know what they do at this moment. Listen, I'm not trying to bag them if they're doing a good job. I'm just trying to bring attention to it. Because um, at the moment, it could be better, I think. 
Listen, we're not doing everything we could with poo and pee. I mean, the system we have now, even if it works, it's not working good enough because we're not hearing about it. You know, there ain't no headlines saying, oh, breaking, we're using poop uh, to power cars. Or we're using poop and it's curing diseases. Or maybe they are doing poop studies on that. And maybe it's just not working very well. But maybe we can be using it as concrete. I'm not an engineer and I'm far from a carpenter. I don't know if you can make pea shingles, icicles, and use them in the Arctic. I don't know about that kind of thing. Um, fun fact, I did take a basic architecture and engineering class, actually. Uh, and it was all right. But I didn't learn anything about repurposing poo or pee. And think about all the other things that we throw away. Fingernails. That That's straight calcium, probably. Or like something. If we... If the United States utilized all clippings, I don't know what we could do with that. But someone could think of something that we could do with that that would make mankind a better place. Guaranteed. And I probably, I bet the same goes for a lot of body bodily things. You know, I bet two teeth, the stuff that teeth is made out of, probably would would contribute better to society uh, than iron. Probably not iron. You know, probably uranium. Uranium does bad, you know. That's an element. Um, we use that for some naughty stuff. Um, and it's on the headlines. So how I know we're not utilizing our waste properly is because it's not in the headlines. Um, I'm fine with using the sun. I think we should be using it all. You know? And listen. I understand gas. Okay? The trees did their job. They're on a journey. They, they turned into oil. And it was their destiny. No, probably not actually. You know? So let's stop. Let's stop. Um, and it hurts us in the long run. You know? But poop is carbon, right? Farts are carbon. Farts are bad for the environment. We need to actually, maybe it's not about utilizing our waste. Maybe it's about transforming. And I think those are synonyms. And I don't think my point came across. Methane, we need to contain. Now, contain is definitely a different word than utilize. Methane, no, no. No, we'll utilize the methane somehow. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll mix methane with something else. Maybe we'll figure out chemistry someday. And it's not on, it, and, it's, and it has to do with our poo. Now, I don't want to talk about poop anymore. I want to... I... <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I want to make sure Chris is okay. I want to make sure he's in good spirits um, after his fatal, um, almost fatal 
accident where his arm sadly has fallen off. We're going to call him live on the podcast right now. Hey. Hey. Uh, how's your arm? Are, is everything okay with your arm? I heard that it, I heard it, I heard it got ripped clean off. Um, no. You sure? Pretty sure. Um, this is awkward. Why is this awkward? I thought you, I thought you're, I thought you got your arm ripped off and you were in the hospital. No. No, that's next week. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh, so it looks like um, he's uh, he's good for now. Mm, maybe they put it back on. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk next week. We'll talk about it. We will figure out what's going on with him. But he's not here with us right now. Today. Uh, I wanted to talk about the process of uh, decomposition. Um, this is another juicy detail. Because I know I told you guys at the beginning. This is all about getting to know me. You know. Um, and this is this is important to get off my chest. Um, I want to talk about the process of um, juicing like lemons. For lemonade and probably coconuts as well making coconut water um i want to talk a little bit about blue raspberry how it's not really a thing Uh, i want to talk about pink lemonade how is it raspberries or strawberries um i want to talk about succulents and how you can bring them uh, from an airplane to land land airplane land uh overseas over the ocean you can do that uh, I don't know if you can do that legally. Let's get into the first first thing. Processes. Um, lemonade. Listen, when life gives you lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade. We've been hearing it forever. But how do you do it? How do you make lemonade? You know? Um, so when life gives you the lemons, and the lemons are presented to you, and you say, listen, I have lemons in my hands. Um, that's an opportunity. You have lemons in your hands now. And um, you make lemonade. That's a demand. You know? That's saying, hey, I gave you something. Now I demand you to do something with it. Um, So now it's up to you. Um, That's the process. The process, making lemonade. Um, So the opportunity is given to you. And then you make the lemonade. How do you make lemonade? Jesus, Christmas. That's what I'm trying to figure out, guys. Especially pink lemonade. You know, if we're talking regular lemon lemonade, so if they just give you the basic ingredients, right? Um, if, well, I guess basic ingredients for lemonade is just lemon. Or maybe that would just be lemon juice. You know, when life gives you lemons, if it's just giving you lemons, all you can make is lemon juice, which we all know is sour. You need water for life, which is another uh, metaphor. So, basic ingredients. You got the lemon water. And then you need a little bit of sugar. What that does is it can give it a little sweet. You got a little sweet and a little sour. A little good and a little bad. And then the lemons. 
That's the basic ingredients. Now you put those things together, you got to figure out the ratio. The ratio is your lemonade. You know, lemonade's a little bit, you know, objective or subjective. You know, depending on we talk about you, we talking about lemonade and culture. You know, now average lemonade, we want a little bit, you know, 50-50. But some people like, like it a little bit more sour. Some people like it a little bit more sweet. Some people like that straight lemon juice. So when, you know, life just gives them lemons, bare essentials. We're just going lemon, you know. We're going bare essentials. I don't want no sweet. I don't want no, well, I do want sour because that's all you're giving me, you know. And I ain't going to go finding no sweets, you know. So, I don't know. Here, it's the process that I'm confused about. Especially if you got multiple ingredients, you know, if life gives you lemons, you take the lemons, you turn around and there's a whole table of other ingredients, raspberries, strawberries, someone decided, I'm gonna throw a little red in here, red and yellow, you know what that make, pink, and pink lemonade, who's gonna get the title, is it gonna be strawberry or raspberry, now I've heard raspberry lemonade, now, I've heard strawberry lemonade, so I, I you know, I don't know which one I hear more, but I hear them both. And they both make the drink pink. pink. Uh, so I don't know which one pink lemonade is. I'm assuming strawberry. But I feel like that's just biased. You know, and the process of making it is difficult too. You know, so you end up just drinking someone else's lemonade that they made with their lemons. You know, you don't end up making your own lemonade with your lemons. You taste a little bit of somebody else's and say, that's good. I like that. I'm going to make it your way. You know, you don't find your own ratio. Or maybe you do find your own ratio and it matches up with somebody else's lemonade recipe. And you're like, damn, you know, we're in the same block selling the same lemonade. You know, we're either competitors or we working together. We're going to team up, you know. So it's all a big analogy. You know what I'm saying? Now, ingredients, if we're talking ingredients, strawberries, raspberries, they're real things. You guys ever have no blue raspberry drink? I have, you have too, but you ain't no, ever, ever no drink, no blue raspberry fruit. You never, you've never eaten it either because it doesn't exist, you know? So what's up with them mystery ingredients, you know? Them ingredients, we just decide. We say, listen, I like raspberries. They're fine. They're good, uh, but I'd rather them be blue. What's blue taste like? Blueberry? No, you ever eat a blue, blue raspberry? doesn't taste like a blueberry mixed with a raspberry or it'd be called a, a blue raspberry, you know? But it's called, well, it is called a blue raspberry. But it doesn't taste like blueberry and, and, and raspberry, even though that would be a great name for a joining of the two. Maybe that was what they were trying to do. But it didn't work, and it's a fake thing. It's not a real fruit, guys. It's, or it's not a real berry, you know? It's not a real, it's a flavor, but it's man-made. And uh, whether we like that or we don't like that, it's real. And it's here. And you can go out and buy a drink. And it's going to say on the label, blue raspberry. So, what do you do with them mystery ingredients? Life's giving you lemons. You know, you turn it around. There's some other real wholesome ingredients. Maybe life didn't give it to you. Or, or maybe, you know, lemon was the start. You dabbled in lemon. And then life said, hey, you like the lemon? Maybe strawberry, maybe raspberry, 
That's a different level. What kind of level are we on when we're making our own now? Are we becoming gods? So that's why I think the process is important. Is the process us becoming God? You know what I'm saying? Life gives you lemons. God, life, energy, whatever this is, gives you lemons. Gives you the ingredients to process life and become a god because you can make it any way you want we're making new flavor we're making blue raspberry things are getting weird guys so what it what it is is is, is life when life gives you lemons life's making you life lemons giving you lemons you know anyways anyways guys i'd like to know what you think about that i don't know it's just interesting because, I don't know, sometimes I just want to drink that lemon drink. That's just a shot of straight lemon juice. <whistles> Down the gullet. Sometimes I want to drink a little sweet. You know, sometimes I'll put two uh, two scoops sugar. All natural sugar, maybe. Maybe we'll do a little man-made sugar. That's another thing. And the mystery ingredients. But sometimes I just want that nice in between and i want it cold with ice water water you need water for lemonade good lemonade you know what water is water is dilution water is the in between you know water is what binds the ingredients water is the life force all right guys i'm gonna stop being i'm gonna stop being abstract for a second Bring it back. Reel it in. Reel it in like a fish. And we're going to move on. We're going to talk about something else on my mind. We're going to talk about squirrels. I live in Maine. Uh, currently, we're almost done winter time. And if I could, if I could use one word... To describe this winter, it would be squirrel. I got squirrels living in my uh, walls and in my floors. And um, the way my apartment is set up is we have out the windows across our whole apartment is a rooftop. So if I wanted, I could, you know, just hop out the window on the roof. And there's two spots and they're pretty big spots. So, my desk is in front of one of these windows, and I, these squirrels, man, they're coming right on the roof. They're about two feet in front of me, coming up to the window, looking at me like, yo, give me a nut, give me a nut. And I mean, they are so disrespectful. They're living in my floor. They're having sex at 2 a.m. in the morning. They're going, you know, whatever kind of noises. I don't even know if it's sex. I'm making assumptions. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're fighting. There's a few squirrels. I don't know if it's a family or a frat. I don't know. But I experienced them quite a bit. And this year has been crazy for squirrels. I mean, it's not just me either. Listen, this is science. I don't know where I heard it. I'm not going to throw up statistic. I've been saying this whole podcast. No science. It's banned. It's only forced this week on the cosmic mind podcast um usually science we get that from our buddy chris this week it's banned no science 
squirrels. But I did hear uh, that this year has been crazy for squirrels, uh, way more than normal. And I think it has something to do with acorns. I think our trees produced way more acorns for some reason. So squirrels were just fucking making love, making babies. Something happened where there's a million squirrels. Uh, this year, there were there was like a fucking three-week period where you couldn't drive on one road in in southern Maine without seeing like four dead squirrels on the road. Like you probably hit a few too. On average, I'd say the average Mainer hits probably three squirrels a year. During that busy season though, you might be one of the unlucky ones. You might hit your three right right on one day. Bang, bang, bang. And that's sad. You know, and they're just trying to love their life. I'm fine with it. I just want to talk about it. You know, it's been an interesting year for squirrels. There were so many dead squirrels. You know, you're driving on the highway, you're on the on-ramp, and you're like, damn, one, two, four, nine. You know, it's like a parallelogram of dead squirrels. It's scary. Someone's going to start connecting the dots or connecting the splatters. It's disgusting. And it's, it's, it's sad. But you know what? That's nature. Nature devours nature. Um, I don't want to leave it on that, though. I mean, nature devours nature, but let's let's not be cruel, guys. I mean, for all those people who speed up for the squirrels, come on. Unless you're going to eat that squirrel. Don't speed up. Don't just do it to do it. I mean, don't swerve. Don't be unsafe. Don't brake check if someone's behind you. But, I mean, hey, you live on that road. He live on that road. You guys got, you guys got, you know, territories, but you got a little mutual ground, you know, you're both on earth, but anyways, guys, squirrel, squirrels, I hope they figure out, you know what, squirrels are evolving too, you know, us humans, we like to think we're so special, we are, I mean, we did some crazy stuff, look at what I'm doing now, dude, I see flashing lights, you know. I mean, there's things that are on their own friggin' loop in this household, you know? I mean, there's a, there's an, actually, my oven doesn't tell the time. It's a, uh, it's a gas stove, but most people, a lot of people, I guess clocks, we humans make things that do things without even us touching. Clocks, I probably got a clock somewhere in here. It's crazy. Humans, but squirrels evolve too, and other animals evolve too, you know? Monkeys, they're still trying to figure stuff out. Birds, other animals, they're acclimating to cities. Uh, we're seeing some crazy pigeon activity. Um, I think it was just... Hmm, I think I was. it was just last week I was talking to Chris about... Yeah, we were talking about pigeons. Um, pigeons, you know, they used to be in the cliffs. And cities started coming around and they're like, ooh... I could go on skyscrapers and people drop food. So they figured it out and they're living and it's changed and, you know, it's generational. You know, you could freaking hatch a baby pigeon now and they'd be like, they'd probably see human and it's probably already in their genes to not give a fuck. I don't know how quick evolution works, but the point is animals are still evolving and I'm hoping that squirrels kind of try to figure something out. They're pretty reckless. They're pretty reckless. I'm thinking maybe we can, uh, I don't know. We domesticated, I don't know. They're too, I don't know. I think we're too smart in the modern day to domesticate any new ones, you know. 
Well, I, that's not true. I mean, we'll exploit anything. I don't like it, and I don't want to be a part of it. So I don't want to start domesticating squirrels. You know, if a if a squirrel's in need, you know, take that squirrel in. You know, by any means. You know, I don't. That's fine. But I don't want to start domesticating squirrels. So let's scratch that idea entirely. But I'm, you know, maybe we can build them some stuff, some underground tunnels that are just chill. You know, um, maybe we can do a whole septic system. Uh, but instead of having one running water through it. It's just pipes, and we'll do um, so. We'll do a circle. So get this: you throw a circle, and you throw a line in there. Um, it it will rest in there, and it'll make it'll make flatness, you know. And gravity will make it go to the bottom. So we'll throw a bunch of flat pieces in there, uh, so they got a little runway, you know. And then it'll be made out of um, I don't know, say chicken wire or screen some kind of screen so they can you know poop down through the screen eventually you know the poop will um go up to the screen and uh, it won't be able to fall underneath before uh, and then they may resort to digging you know but either way i'm i'm saying it'll last 20 years they'll have just total safe passageway you know we can encourage them to to travel through the tunnels with nuts um we can start you know, they can have, you know, every mile of the tunnel, there, there could be a marker at the top of it, uh, like a well, where you open it up, um, and a worker, a government worker, it'd be government programs, uh, no, yeah, it'd be state funded, though, it'd be state government, you know, national park type shit, and, um, you know, you'd unscrew it, or maybe it's a lever, you know, you twist it, whatever, and you throw some nuts in there, you know, and Screw it back up, goes back down in a little tunnel. Now, I don't know what kind of uh, funding this would need or, you know, I mean, people are pretty sensitive, you know, pipelines and stuff. So, I mean, I'm talking, you know, we can even do PVC pipes, you know, maybe in just some busy areas. I don't know. You know, I mean, you think of New York City, there's a trillion, billion, gagillion rats, you know, for every person, there's probably nine rats. I don't know. I watched a documentary. Excuse me. But, uh, you know, you, know, you see them. You see them for sure. I haven't been there, but I watched a documentary. You see them. You'll see them when they come up. But most of them, they live underground. They got tunnels. Imagine if they didn't have the New York septic systems, dude. You know? They would, uh, they'd they'd be on the streets. Oh, there's not room for all those rats and the humans. No, we need that underground. Now, what do squirrels get? Do they get the same kind of treatment as rats or mice? No. No. We don't give them nothing. I'd like to give them the option, you know? Because there's always going to be the squirrels that are going to be, I'm not using the tunnel. You know, I'm not using it. But, uh, you know, a lot of them will. And uh, I'd like to have both options available for them. You know, places like that don't have uh, subways, you know, city plumbing and shit like that. What are What's a squirrel to do to get around? You know? Other than uh, these roadways where all these people just want to hit them. Or just are going to hit them by accident. <coughs> so I just think there's more that we can do um, with the squirrels. Not just squirrels either. Birds. Listen, guys. I love bird feeding culture and bird watching culture. But um, there's more we could do. Listen, we need bird towers. Not bird watching towers. Bird feeding towers. Great. 
uh, buildings, big structures made out of corn, maybe. Or, or maybe it'll be steel for sure, so it stays up. But it'll be embellished and have um, all different kinds of pockets, you could call them, um, of bird feed food stocked daily a bit imagine a big christmas tree shaped structure as big as the eiffel tower with an one elevator up the top and you can get off and every floor you just get off the door you got a 360 of the deck of bird feeders you know i mean you visit there you'd be the happiest man alive you know let's go to uh four you know i got I got 20, um, I got 20 honeybee bird feeders, you know, we got sugar water going on, going down there, you know, you've been training these birds for maybe 20 years, you know, it was a big construction project, introducing these birds in, you know, or letting them naturally come in, but, uh, you know, let's go to level nine, I heard, uh, honeybees come around, around nine, you know, go visit the honeybees, you know, single elevator, let's go feed them up, workers, you know, let's go to the top floor. That's where we keep, um, that's where we feed the high flyers. You know, the hawks, um, the the vultures, the, the, you know, the real high flyers. The ones that come down vacationing in Nepal. Um, we'll have raw meat. We'll have uh, fish. We'll have um, uh, mud, mud. Uh, baths because they'll eat their food dirty sometimes and they won't eat if, if it's clean and uh, processed like it all cut up because they're they want to you know they want to eat something that looks like it's fucking we'll throw um sometimes we'll just throw a whole freaking we'll 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 throw a whole animal um a frozen animal up there sometimes it's cruel a little but um it's a bird sanctuary, you know, and it's a place for all birds to come, to feel safe, to feel like they can come and be fed and have shelter. You know, these are balconies. You come stay, come stay with your family. You know, though there could be little cubbies even, you know, where maybe we were talking about animal evolution. Maybe these animals decide, you know, we're going to, um, it's going to be like a chicken coop, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to have this little cubby, okay? I'm going to have a nest in there, and this one's mine. You can be next to me, you know, and they'll start to be peaceful, you know? And this, it'll be a sanctuary, an oasis for birds. You know, we can put this in a great place. You know, we, we need good funding, but I'd like this to happen. We need a bird tower, a bird cone, where birds can just come and just chill and hang. Some of them can uh, do you know, lay their eggs. Some of them can just not, you know, some, some of them can just come and lounge around, eat some seeds, you know, we'll have nuts on some layers and we'll have complete squirrel protection. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. I know squirrels can climb, but we'll figure that out. Well, you know, well, it is a tower. <laughs>